You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Right, at the 10 o'clock service, what can we do? There's a devil down there somewhere in the sound system. We had our brother Paul. So our guests today are Paul and Priscilla Reed from Belfast. Can we give them a big warm So Paul and Priscilla. So Paul was preaching at the first service. You missed it. But Priscilla is going to be speaking at this service. Will you put your hands together for Priscilla? Just to say, if you want to catch Paul's message, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. It will be uploaded uh, this week. Uh, obviously, Priscilla, we can catch on Facebook and Instagram. Priscilla, it's so great to have you. Paul and Priscilla would have been uh, the founders of a fantastic church in Belfast, Christian Fellowship Church, quite a pioneering church. You have to admit that yourself, wouldn't you? I would. You would, yeah. I would really, really pioneering went into the gifts of the Spirit when a lot of people were afraid of anything like that and actually even, in my opinion, crossed the old boundary line and saw people from both communities come to faith. So that's what the Christian church should be. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Priscilla is going to share with us today. I'm really looking forward to it. Paul told me you would be way better than him, Priscilla. So no pressure. Give her one more round of applause. Yeah. 
is it? But you know, in scripture, names are really important. And the meaning of names is really important in scripture. And we come up against that time and time again with, with ordinary people. But above all, the name of God in scripture is so important because his name, when we read about it in scripture, it represents everything that he is. That's the point about it. It's not just a name. His name, and he's given many, many names in scripture, but those names represent everything that God is. And over this last year in particular, actually someone had bought me a journal and it was on the names of God. And, and especially over lockdown, it just really, I mean, I mean, it was a journal, I was writing in it, but, but it, there was little explanations in it as well. And it really ministered to my heart. And it began to speak to me again about how important it was, especially in the days that we're living in, to keep our eyes fixed on who our God is. It's so easy, isn't it? I get so distracted by everything else that's going on in life. But I felt like this journal just focused me in again on looking at who God, my God, the one that I'm in relationship with, the one that you're in relationship with, who he really is. And so I want us to think this morning about a few of the names of God and what that would speak into our lives right here today. I'm going to begin by reading part of a psalm to you. And it's Psalm chapter, it's Psalm chapter 9, and I want to read the first 10 verses. So we're going to read Psalm 9. If I can just find it here. Here we go. And this is what it says. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And that's what I want us to really concentrate on today. Those who know your name, trust in you, for you have never forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is saying to us today that it's time to get reacquainted with his name. And in getting reacquainted with his name, we're getting reacquainted with who he is because his name represents all that he is. And, you know, churches have had to negotiate their way through this pandemic that we have lived through. And as individuals, we've had to negotiate our way through this very unusual season that we've been through. And of 
that things are opening up again, we have to negotiate our way through that as well. And, and churches will have to negotiate their way through that. But I really feel like the Lord is saying that he will give us wisdom for this and he will direct us. And, and perhaps even for, for you as a church here in Grace, the Lord is saying, you know, I, I will make a way for you. I will give you wisdom. I will give you the strategies that you need as you move out of this time and you see the church continuing to grow and to build. But really, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to us, it is a time for intimacy and for strategy. It is a time to really draw close to the Lord and get reacquainted with who he is, to get, to get captivated by him afresh and to fall in love with him afresh. You know, I think sometimes in our types of churches, we talk about nominal Christianity. And if I'm being honest, certainly up, in, up north, you know, at times we have been guilty of pointing the finger at others and say, well, you know, in those churches there's a lot of nominal Christianity. But, but I think there's a challenge afresh for us. And even through the pandemic when we weren't able to gather together, and we thank God for the technology that has allowed us to connect via Zoom and all different sorts of ways that we've been able to at least stay connected. But you know, I think for some people, the patterns of their life has changed and maybe their priorities have changed. But the Lord wants to catch and capture our hearts again. And he says, I don't want this just to, to be about you paying lip service to being a follower of me. I want you to be fully committed. I, I, I don't want this to be normal. Actually, Paul was speaking in our home church last Sunday, and he said something It made me laugh, but it, it's also so true. He said, you know, Christianity is a terrible hobby. It's an awful hobby. Because God is looking. No, he's looking for everything. For, he wants our total total loyalty and love and and so i really believe that this is a season when the lord is asking us to look again at our relationship with him and to recommit to him and that that we will be fully committed and so as we think about that and we, and we think about who we are committing to today and um, i just want us to highlight a few of those names of god the first name is Elohim, which means mighty one, supreme one. That the God that we serve, he is above everything else. He is before everything else. He was, you know, there at creation. And of course, he is eternal. So he never has been created. He always was. He is the mighty one. And surely in days when we have felt at times helpless, and, and we, we haven't known where to turn and you know even our governments and financiers and you know the, the people that we think are in charge that they have struggled to know how to walk through this season you and I are in relationship with the one who is in control of all things he is the mighty God and maybe some of us here this morning, listening online, just need to hear afresh. You are in relationship with the mighty God, with Elohim. He wants you to know that today. He wants you to know that he is before 
all things and he holds all things and is in control of all things. That is who he is. This same God who created the universe and he has placed you and I on earth for a purpose. We are helping ourselves to his purpose for our lives because he wants us to be um, almost like signposts that we would be pointing to him and, and pointing to his power and his might and his glory and bring glory to his name. You, you know, Christianity is being questioned a lot today and the values that we have and the, the values of the kingdom of God are being challenged on every hand in our world today. And I really think it's time for us as Christians to not be ashamed not to be ashamed of who our God is and not to be ashamed of who we are in him. And that, that sometimes I think the enemy, the devil would seek to rob us of our voice, to make us go quiet in the face of challenges from the world. And the Lord says, remember who you're in relationship with. You're in relationship with the mighty God. And as Tom encouraged us, to take hold of that power that is available to us, the power in Jesus' name, the power in the blood of Jesus, and to pray that into situations in our lives. As we did that this morning, we were speaking to Almighty God. He is Elohim. And he did that for all of us, but um, I just can't help picking out, there's a, there's a couple just sitting here, I think you're wearing a, it looks in this dark like a pink shirt. Yes, and, and I'm assuming because you're sitting together, you are together. <laughs> and I just felt like the Lord really wanted to encourage you this morning that in this season, he wants to be Elohim for you, that he is your mighty God, that whatever you are facing, it is not too hard for him. He says that he has gone before you and he has prepared a way and that all you need to do is to stay close to him. And as he takes hold of your hand, he will walk you through the season. And you will emerge giving glory to his name. I feel that he wants you to know also that he has your back. That you do not need to be afraid. And that, that perhaps the enemy has been pressing in and putting you under pressure. The Lord says, I'm not only going before you, but I've got your back. And you're going to discover that in this season, I will be your almighty God. There is nothing too hard for me. That, that the Lord, that he wants to say that to you today. And there is nothing too hard for the one who is almighty God. And let's take hold of that. Isaiah 40, I love the, the verses that says, He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, if you're weary this morning, if you are struggling with some things that, you, that are just too hard to carry, then the one that you have put your trust in promises to come right now and renew your strength. He is your mighty God. In fact, you know, sometimes we wait to the end to pray about things. Let's just pray about that right now, yeah. right? Just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you come right now? 
For everybody listening in, will you come right now for those who are weary, for those who are running out of strength, Lord? Will you pour out your spirit upon them this morning? Will they get their eyes off the circumstances and the difficulties they're facing and back onto you again to know that you are Elohim, Almighty God, and you will give strength to the weary, that you will help them to soar above these circumstances on eagles' wings, and that you will help them to walk and to keep on going and not give up. Pour out your spirit upon us this morning, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And then this name of God, I love this name of God, and I love the story behind it. I, I sometimes don't get the pronunciations right, but in Genesis, we're introduced to a name of God, and it's El Roy, El Roy. And it's the God who sees me, the God who sees me. And it's Hagar, her story is told in Genesis in 16 and 21. And it's this woman who gives God this name, the God who sees me. She's a single mom. She's rejected. She's jobless. She's homeless. She was a slave. She was a slave in Sarah and Abraham's household. And when they stopped trusting God's promise to them that they would have a son, Sarah, which was the custom in those days, Sarah gave her to Abraham and they had a child together. And then as a result of that, there was huge friction between Hagar and Sarah and Sarah actually mistreated her and so she ran away. And the angel of the Lord came to her in the desert and it says in scripture that it was near a spring in the desert. And the, the angel of the Lord says, Hagar, you need to go back. You need to go back to your mistress. But he gave her promises to hold on to about her child and about future generations. And her response to the angel of the Lord was, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And then, of course, the story goes on. Her son is born, Ishmael. And then Sarah does have the child of promise, Isaac. And there's more conflict, this time between the children. And Hagar is cast out again. And she's wandering in the desert. She's at the point of death. And the angel of the Lord appears to her again. And it says... Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Hagar was unloved, she was rejected, she was lost, she was unheard. But do you know our God finds lost people? Hallelujah. He hears suffering people. Amen. He sees us and he provides for us. Hagar is loved by God and she's found by God. And she's heard by God as well. You know, her son's name, Ishmael, means God hears. Isn't that wonderful? That, that every time she would look at her son, she would remember, you know, God sees me and he hears me. You are not invisible. Sometimes in life, we can just say, nobody really sees me. Nobody really hears me. Nobody really takes account of what's going on in my life. God wants every person who's listening this morning to know, I see you. 
I am the God who sees you. I see exactly what is going on in your life at the moment. I see exactly what you're going through. And also, I see exactly what you need. And I will provide for you. You see, Hagar thought her son was dying. She thought she was dying. She'd run out of water. And yet she was lying down right next to a well of water. And she just needed the Spirit of God to open her eyes to see that provision. And I think for some of us here this morning, you are sort of at the end of your tether and you're going, Lord, I just don't know where to turn. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to open up your eyes to see the well of provision. It's already there. And I'm going to open up your eyes to see that well of provision, the well that I have provided for you. I can't even see you, I, I can't describe you, but there's a group of three sitting by the blinds at the back, and the, 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 I, I think it's a lady who's on, on the end of the three, and I just feel like, it, it's the, yes, your friend's tapping your shoulder, and I just really feel like, it's almost like I am unable to see you right at this moment, but the Lord wants to say to you in particular this morning, I am the God who sees you. You are not invisible to me. What you're going through, I know exactly. I have seen the tears. I have seen what you have been through. And I am the God who sees you. And I also hear you. I've heard the cry of your heart and I am with you. And that just as, as Hagar discovered this, this God who was totally committed to her and interested in her life, God says that, when, that you can cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He cares for you and he sees you. And for each one of us this morning, it's not just my, for my friend here, but for all of us, he wants us to know that he sees you and that we are saying, Holy Spirit, for those who need to hear this this morning and who, for those who need to discover that well of provision, that you would come and you would open up our eyes and that we would see what you've already provided in our lives that is going to be the answer and the solution to what we're going through at the minute. He knows exactly what's going on with you and he has a well of provision for you. And then another name of God that you will all know is Yahweh, Lord. That's what it means, Yahweh is Lord. And there's so many names for God in scripture, but this one particularly stands alone. And it occurs, it's 6,800 times in the Old Testament. And it's that sacred, personal name of Israel's God. Actually, it was eventually only spoken out loud by the priests um, who were worshiping in the temple in Jerusalem. And, and eventually, um, after the destruction of the temple in AD 70, then it was regarded as such a sacred name that it wasn't to be pronounced at all. And the, the word, the title Adonai was substituted for Yahweh, both meaning Lord. But you know, the wonderful thing about Yahweh, he is the Lord, but it's always used in the context with Israel where God is wanting a personal relationship with his people. That's how the name is used. It's most closely associated also 
with God's redeeming acts in Israel's history. That's the name that it's that, that that's where the association comes because the first time it's used is when God appears to Moses in the burning bush. And he's saying to Moses, I want you to go to my people and I want you to speak to them and I want you to see them delivered from the Egyptians and the slavery that they were experiencing at that time. And so whenever Moses sees the burning bush and God calls him and God speaks to him, I mean, obviously Moses is terrified and he's also thinking, like, who am I to, to take on this role? How can I possibly do this, God? And when I go to your people, like, what am I supposed to say to them? And are they even going to listen to me? And as he asks these questions, it says that Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What am I going to say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So Yahweh is the one who redeemed and delivered and saved his people from the slavery of Egypt. And Yahweh is the one who comes and as Jesus Christ, his only son, came to earth and through his death and his resurrection, he is still in the business of delivering people from the slavery of sin. He is still Yahweh. He is still Lord. And he still wants to be Lord of our lives. And he is the God who wants a personal relationship with you and I. He, he wants to be intimately involved in our lives. And God, we, we often say that God doesn't change. He is, we say Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. And our God doesn't change. And God is still Yahweh. He's still the one who wants to be Lord of our lives. He still is the one who wants to be in a personal relationship with us. And, and again, as I said at the beginning, I just feel like it's, it's time for us to understand who he is and to reconnect with, with him being the Lord of our lives. That when we come to Jesus, it's not just, you know, about forgiving our sins and giving us a better life. It's about you, Lord, I'm handing over the, the control of my life to you. I'm giving you the reins of my life. You are going to be the Lord of my life. And I find that on a, I've been a Christian for so many years, but I have to keep coming back to this point and saying, Lord, you're the Lord. You're the one. I so often want to take control again. I so often want, in fact, you know, often think I know better than God. And then I have to come back to him again and say, no, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. So it's whatever you are asking me to do that you're calling me to walk in obedience to that. 
If you truly are the Lord of my life, then you are the Lord of my relationships. If you say to me, I need to forgive that person, I need to walk in that forgiveness. You are the Lord of my finances. If you say to me, this is how I want you to use your finances, I need to be obedient to that. If he's the Lord of my life, he wants to be the Lord of every area of my life. And, and so this morning, that he's coming to us again and saying, I want a relationship with you. But I want to be the Lord of your life. Will you, if you've taken over the reins in some aspect of your life, will you just give it back to him again and say, Lord, you are Yahweh in my life. You are Yahweh. And you know, some young people are listening as well this morning. And I just feel for this next generation, it is so important that you have a personal relationship with Jesus, but it's so important that you make him the Lord of your life because he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. And I don't want to embarrass you, but there is a young man sitting right on the front front row. And, and something of what I say to you, I'm saying to those in this generation, but I do think that the Lord wants you to know that his hand is on your life. And that as you make him Lord of your life, God says, I'm gonna open doors for you. I feel like the Lord is saying that just as he opened doors for Daniel, and he put Daniel in a very important place, and he got the king's ear, even though the king was not a worshiper of God, but Daniel influenced the nation. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, if you make me Lord, and you stay in step with me, I will order your steps. I will open doors for you. And you will look back at some time in your life and go, wow God, how did I ever get to be in this position? Because he has a position of influence for you as you continue to make him the Lord of your life. Young people, you will never be the loser if you make him the Lord of your life. You'll never be the loser. He will fulfill his purposes in you and he will fulfill his purposes through you. He wants to come into your life, he wants a relationship, but he wants to be Lord of your life. And finally, and my time's almost up, but I, I felt like I could not mention this as we finish. He is also Yahweh Rophe, the God who heals. He is the one, Rophe means he, cure, restore, make whole. Do you not think that in this season, Perhaps more than any other, we need to rediscover the God who hates. We need a message of hope for our broken world. You know, we talked about waves of COVID, haven't we? Waves of this virus. My prayer is that we will experience in our island and in the nations a wave of healing power to counteract these waves of COVID. And you know, I think often with these things, the enemy comes and attaches spirits to things like a COVID virus. I think the enemy has attached spirits of fear, spirits of intimidation, spirits of death, and even spirits of resignation to what has been going on at the moment. And I believe that as God's people, we can rise up and we can say, we are in relationship with a God who heals and he still heals today. Amen. We have heard so many sad stories and heartbreaking stories and difficult stories, but you know, God is still in the business of healing 
today. And God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit. And I think as God's people too, the challenge for us is to rise up and say, come Holy Spirit, come Lord, come into our hospitals, come into you know our, our church family community, come into our communities and let us see the healing power of God in a fresh new way. Give us a wave of your healing power, Lord. I think it's time to get reacquainted with that aspect of the name of God. And so as we finish this morning, we want to pray for that healing power to be released amongst us. And you know, even as I got up, the name Mairead was in my mind, and so you may not be in the room, Mairead, but there's something that you're struggling with physically, it might be that you're watching online, and, and I just feel like right now the Holy Spirit wants to come and touch you and release his healing power to you. So if you need God's healing touch, actually why don't I, I mean, within the room here, if you need God's healing touch, why don't you just stand where you are, and we will reach out our hands, and we will pray that the Holy Spirit will come right now and touch that part of you that needs his healing touch. Just, just stand where you are and we will, the rest of us, just reach out your hands towards the folk who are standing and we're going to ask that we would even see the beginning of this wave begin to rise up and that this will be part of, of even what God is doing in grace in these days, that you will hear story after story of God's healing power that will draw others to Jesus where they will find him. So, Holy Spirit, would you come right now for everyone in the room, for everyone in every part of this building who is standing and needs your healing touch, for everybody online, for Maria, Lord, will you come and will you pour out your healing oil into their bodies. Will you touch them from their head to their toes? Lord, we pray for hearts to be whole, completely whole. We pray, Father, for migraines to go. We pray, Father, for every cancer to go in Jesus' name. We cry out to you, Lord, for those impossible situations. The doctors have said, I can do nothing for you. You are our almighty God and you heal us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, guide me problems, Lord. I pray that you will touch wounds here this morning in the mighty name of Jesus, that you'll pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord. We just open our hearts to you. We receive your healing touch. Let your oil of healing flow in each body right now, even people who are currently experiencing pain, that that pain would go in the mighty name of Jesus. Pour out, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Trust in his name.